Watch and listen to the talking news every day at 12 noon and 6 p.m. on Channel 96 Comcast Xfinity and Channel 30 Verizon Fios. It can also be heard Mondays and Tuesdays at 4.30 p.m. and Wednesdays at 12.30 p.m. on Channel 9 Xfinity and Channel 29 Fios. Listen anytime on the BMC Podcast Network on SoundCloud and iTunes. Just search for the Belmont Media Podcast Network. And now on to the talking news. National Grid Employee Causes Disturbance by Joanna K. Zavallis. Like many residents, former select board candidate Jesse Bennett has bumper stickers on her car. Last week, the Nest doorbell video on her home shows a National Grid van drive past her house on Trowbridge Street, then stop and wait and uh, wait a few feet in front of her car. A few, a few minutes later, the Nest video shows the van back up and pull into the space behind Bennett's car and blast its horn. A few minutes later, the Nest video shows a talk radio station was blaring out the window of the National Grid van, and the man inside could be heard yelling, Loser! The Nest video shows the voice on the radio continued for several minutes. At 8.30 a.m., the Nest video shows Bennett's wife, Stephanie, and their fourth grader leave the home and walk past the van. The Nest video shows the man yelling something out, out of the van window as they walked by. He continued yelling for several more minutes. Bennett went outside to see what was going on and saw the National Grid van. The Nest video shows he beeped uh, the horn when he saw her try to approach his van and ask him what was going on. An iPhone recorded, recording taken by uh, Bennett shows her asking the man in the National Grid van, what's your name, sir, and why are you doing this? Bennett's iPhone video shows the man behind the wheel was wearing a Trump 2020 baseball hat. In the video, he said, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. Bennett's iPhone video shows him, shows her ask him if he was drunk, and he answers, I just hate all your expletives on your car. The stickers on Bennett's car show her support for Elizabeth Warren, Hillary Clinton, Family Equality Council, Advancing Equality for LGBTQ Families, the iPhone video taken by Bennett, sh Bennett shows Bennett and a neighbor telling the employee to continue on to his job. In the video, Bennett says, what's your problem? Go someplace else. You're the one who's stopping in front of somebody's house because you dislike their bumper stickers. I don't go in front of any Trump person's house and scream and blast Rachel Maddow first thing in the morning. A neighbor called the Belmont police, but when the officer arrived, the National Grid employee was gone. Bennett said her immediate response was to let National Grid know what was going on. She sent out a tweet to National Grid and posted the video she took with her iPhone on Facebook. National Grid issued the following statement to the Citizen Herald on the 4th of October.
We at National Grid were deeply concerned earlier this week upon learning from one of our customers in Belmont, Massachusetts, of a troubling exchange he had with an on-duty National Grid employee. Upon learning of the incident, we reviewed the video evidence, apologized to the customer for what she experienced, and as of today, the worker in the video is no longer an employee of National Grid. Our strong commitment to inclusion and diversity at National Grid includes demonstrating respect at all times for one another as fellow human beings. Bennett said she is thankful for how the Belmont community has shown support for her and her family, including members of the Human Rights Commission. In an email to the Citizen Herald, Fran Young, a vice chairman of the Human Rights Commission, wrote, She's afraid this type of behavior has escalated across the country and created an atmosphere of intimidation, fear, and animosity among people. Ms. Bennett really took charge of the situation, reported it, and appealed to her strong support system in Belmont. We at the Human Rights Commission continue to be available to her and others who experience bias and harassment of any kind, wrote Young. I felt targeted and hurt because of the visible stuff on the back of my car, she said, adding she feels unsafe in her home. She was also concerned her fourth grader, who had to walk by the man's van on her way to school, could have been affected by the incident. Assistant Police Chief James McIsaac said Belmont Police will be investigating the incident. And now on to my colleague Claire. Thank you, Bob. Another try for a band stand. Olson hopes to secure CPA funds to build a bandstand at Payson Park by Joanna K. Zavallis. The Payson Park Music Festival has been a summer Belmont tradition for 29 years, featuring 12 weekly outdoor concerts for all ages to enjoy. Thomasina Olson, the festival's founder, hopes to secure a Community Preservation Act, or CPA, funds at Springtown Meeting to build a bandstand to keep musicians and their instruments sheltered if a summer shower occurs during a performance. On Tuesday, October 15th at 6.30 p.m., the Recreation Commission will host a public meeting to review the proposed design for a gazebo at Payson Park. This past summer, Five concerts were rescheduled and one children's concert was relocated to the library due to rainy forecasts. Olson has attempted to secure CPA funds for a bandstand three other times. Most recently, her third attempt at a annual spring town meeting failed because a motion was made by town meeting member Linda Oates to postpone the request for $90,000 to build the bandstand indefinitely, and the motion was adopted by Town Meeting 208-208-203. To, to Oates argued she was in favor of a gazebo design and was not aware of the final, quote, farm stand design being proposed. She said the project design and scope were not shared with the butters of Payson Park. Olson said she was not present at town meeting due to a fractured collarbone. She said 35 letters of support dated February 2017 for the project were submitted with her most recent CPA application. She also said with the help of community development, 
All our buddies were invited to a meeting at the Beach Street Center to discuss the bandstand. Only one neighborhood couple came to the meeting, she said. In response to the concerns voiced by Oates, Olson researched other options for a bandstand that would look more like a gazebo and found a Pennsylvania company, Amish Country Gazebos, who has a design she hopes the public will approve of. She still needs to figure out the lighting for the project and will consult with Belmont Light for options that aren't too bright and preferably solar. Now, over to Max. Thank you, Claire. Belmont High School Volleyball Raises Funds for Veterans by Joanna Kate Zuvelis. The Belmont High School varsity volleyball team raised funds for the New England Center and Home for Veterans during their ninth match of the season on October 2nd. They lost 3-2 against Woburn High School. They now rank fourth in the Massachusetts Central-slash-East Division number one rankings, with a standing of 4-5. and five. Serving for soldiers was the theme of the match. Throughout the night, donations were collected by members of the team from fans in the stands for the New England Center and Home for Veterans. Baked goods were also sold with proceeds benefiting the cause. Tickets were also sold to serve during halftime for chances to win prizes from Starbucks and Nick's Place. Participants included BHS Athletic Director Jim Davis as well as BHS Lacrosse Coach Josh Streit. Our league and division are incredibly competitive this year, which has led to a lot of long, exciting matches, and I'm proud of the way we've battled against tough opponents so far, said Jen Couture. Highlights from the October 2nd match were Mindy Lai breaking her own single match record for assists with 40, said Couture. Sophia Estock had a season high of 39 serves received and 37 digs. Jenna Crowley also had a personal best of 11 kills, along with consistent serves and countless blocks, she added. Couture also said Jenny Vetrano had a great match, coming in the fourth set to lift the energy of the team immediately with a couple of kills and an eight-point serving run. Vetrano also contributed 11 digs. We've had a very well-rounded roster this season and depth in every position. This has made for great scrimmages and practices, but a constantly evolving lineup even within matches. We'll still fine-tuning and figuring out what lineup all utilizes everyone best so we can attain greater success, said Couture. Couture, who is now in her ninth year as the BHS varsity volleyball coach, said last season was their best season on record. They were sectional finalists, and, the, and their in-season record was 13-3. End of season was 18-4. It was an incredible year, she said. This year's team has, sev has several repeat varsity players and three players that were pulled up at the end of last season and four new players. She said this year's cuts after tryouts were the most they've ever had. It was the biggest turnout we've had and the most cuts we've had to make at all three levels, she said. In the past, they've never had to cut freshmen who tried out. This year, they had to cut 12. The program keeps growing, which is exciting because it makes, makes us stronger, but it's really tough to turn kids away from volleyball because it's tough to find other places to play, said Couture. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. Crew dominates Textile River Regatta. The waters of the Merrimack River were quiet Sunday, October 6th, but the uh, Arlington-Belmont crew team was not. Three of the ten boats fielded by the squad of... Uh, by the squad of 94 rowers and coxswains, 
medaled in the 40th annual Textile River Regatta in Lowell. The women's Varsity 8, A boat, placed third in the competitive field of 20 boats over the twisty 5K, uh, 5K course. Stroked by Arlington High School senior Lucy Bell and coxed by Belmont High School senior Audrey Prop, A.B. finished in 17 minutes, 20 seconds, behind Wayland Newton at 17 minutes and 4 seconds and Boston Latin at 17 minutes and 11 seconds. The women's varsity 8B squad, stroked by Arlington High School junior Elizabeth Gromfin and coxed by Belmont High School senior Oliver Green, edged out Greater Lawrence by one second uh, by one second for second place in the field of 14 boats. The women's varsity C squad, stroked by Belmont High School senior Ava Mulroney and coxed by Arlington High School sophomore Connor Kelleher, placed seventh in the race. The men's varsity a lightweight eight, stroked by Arlington High School sophomore Hugh McCabe and coxed by Arlington High School sophomore Tessa Shapiro, placed second. The AB squad also raced in men's novice eight, placing 11th of 27. The women's novice eight, sixth of 22. Men's varsity four, 13 of 48. Women's varsity four was 25 of 41. The men's novice four was 14th of 21. The women's novice four was 17th of 21. And the men's varsity eight was 19th of 20. The fall season kicked off September 28th at the head of the Merrimack in Methuen, where the women's and men's novice eight squads took home gold medals over the 5K course. The men's varsity eight A boat took home a silver medal. The men's varsity B boat placed sixth in the same heat, but second overall in their category. The women's varsity eight A boat took a bronze medal, placing a third out of uh, 12 boats. The women's varsity eight B and C boats raced in the same heat, placing sixth and ninth overall. And now over to Claire. Thank you, Bob. Arlington Bakery reopens with a new owner, same traditions by Jesse Collings. Everything I have because I have because of this place, John Matthews, the former owner of Arlington Bakery, said as he stood in the storefront he used to own. My kids worked here, went to college, and got great jobs, and it all came out of this bakery. Earlier this year, Matthios and his wife, Tula, decided to retire, having run the bakery located on 187 Massachusetts Ave in Arlington for nearly 40 years. While they had staked out a reputation in Arlington for their collection of classic Greek pastries, it was time for the couple to retire. However, what would become of the store? Enter Lika Valensas. Valensas had grown up in the restaurant business, helping her family run a local pizza restaurant in Auburn, Massachusetts. While working in that business, Valensas re realized that she enjoyed making pastries more than pizzas and ended up attending the Cambridge School of Culinary Arts, graduated in 2018. After graduating, Valensis was looking to open her own bakery, and through a family connection, she was put in touch with the Matthios. My aunt knew that the Matthios were looking to sell the bakery. 
I came and looked at the place. I grew up making Greek pastries, so it ended up being a perfect match, Valensis said. In July, the bakery closed down, but not for good. As she took over the business, Valensis decided to make some renovations to the bakery, and the store reopened on September 21st. I want to put my own touches on the bakery. I really got into making breads in culinary school, and eventually we are going to have a bread menu, Valensis said. Right now, I have introduced many cakes, and I was never one to go into a bakery and buy a whole cake. So I figured to introduce my cake recipes, I would make smaller versions for people to try them. Valensis said that her parents recently sold their pizza place, and she understands the value of taking over a business that already has a traditional customer base. My family ran their pizza place for over 40 years, and they actually have sold it to somebody who is doing something similar to what I am doing here. I know how important it is to continue with the traditions and items that the customers are used to, but also see it evolving into other things that people might enjoy, Valensis said. Passing the torch, the Matthews first started the bakery in February 1981. When it came time to sell, they were grateful to have Valensis walk through the door, especially because of her knowledge of Greek pastries. Lika came and saw the place and we sold for the right price. We made a lot of Greek pastries. We have a lot of Greek customers. My wife and I feel better knowing another Greek person is going to own the bakery, Matthios said. While they no longer own the bakery, John and Tula are still helping out behind the scenes, making sure the ownership transition is smooth and helping Valencia's to get acclimated with the customer base. Now, over to Max. Thanks, Claire. Belmont to hold Recycling Day, a message from Bar Mary Beth Callan. It's that time of year when residents have the chance to recycle textiles, electronics, scrap metal, and other items on Saturday, October 9th, from 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. at the Town Yard, 37 C Street. Please note that the listed recyclables are the only items we will accept. Also, no early birds. No one will be admitted prior to 9 a.m. We need trucks to come in and can't have cars in the way. Residents should follow the, the recycling instructions for each type of item. Please, no cardboard will be taken at this event and no paper shredding. These items will be collected on Saturday, October 26th. Textiles, helpsy, must be dry and clean. Includes clothing, linens, footwear, purses, belts, and stuffed animals. Items can be ripped and stained. It is estimated that the average U.S. citizen throws away 70 pounds of clothing every year. Out of the 95% of textiles that can be donated or recycled, only 15% achieve this result. The other 85%, 70 pounds citizen per year, end up in the trash. When textiles are donated, 45% are reused and repurposed, mostly as exports. 30% are converted into rags. 20% are used as fiber in home insulation and carpet padding. Only 5% ends up as waste. Keep towels and sheets separate to donate to the Animal Rescue League. Separate new and gently used clothing of all ages, especially shoes and men's clothing, towels, sheets, and blankets to Circle of Hope. Remember, if you or your family member would not wear the donated items, 
Do not separate out. Items must be in good condition. Electronic recycling. Anything with a plug, excluding large appliances, air conditioners, refrigerators of any size, gas yard, and power equipment. Fees may apply to some items. Paper shredding. Limit five boxes. Sponsored by Watertown Savings. Due to a scheduling conflict, this will be held on the following Saturday, October 26th, from 9 a.m. to noon, along with cardboard drop-off. Usable eyeglasses. The Belmont Lions Club will be collecting usable eyeglasses for their Recycle for Sight program. Books. Hard, softcover books, audiobooks, movies, music, game CDs, and DVDs, commercially sold only, will be recycled by Helpsy. Propane tanks. Propane tanks over 20 pounds or other types of gas tanks will not be accepted. Save the town money. If you just have a propane tank to dispose of and no hazardous waste to bring to DPW Recycle Days, no, bring to DPW in Recycle Days instead of Household Hazardous Waste Days, please note that helium tanks will not be accepted. Scrap metal. Items must be all metal. No wood or concrete attached. Examples are bed railings, metal filing cabinets, pipes, tire rims, not the tire, metal furniture, chains, wrought iron, cast iron, non-coated pots and pans, etc. Over to you, Bob. Thank you, Max. Resolve, raising funds for the Ellie Fund. In honor of National Breast Cancer Awareness Month, Resolve donated 100% of the money from sales of their clearance merchandise at all their stores on October 11th through the 13th to the Ellie Fund as part of the Do Good campaign. Resolve has locations in Belmont, Winchester, Lexington, Newton, Boston, and Rockport. The Ellie Fund is a Massachusetts-based 501c3 nonprofit organization whose mission is to provide essential support services for breast cancer patients to ease the stresses of everyday life, allowing the focus to be on the family, recovery, and healing. Proceeds for the Do Good campaign benefit the Ellie Fund's Healing Together camp, uh, Patient and Family Care Program and the Metastic uh, Breast Cancer Support Program providing nutritional and grocery assistance, transportation to medical appointments, child care reimbursement, light housekeeping, prepared delivered meals, and integrative therapies to breast cancer patients and their families. And now over to Claire. Thanks, Bob. Foundation for Belmont Education to hold a spelling bee. The Foundation for Belmont Education will hold its annual spelling bee at 2 p.m. November 2nd at Chenery Middle School, 95 Washington Street, Belmont. The B is open to all Belmont students in kindergarten through sixth grade and is an event for students, families, and friends. Kindergarten through fourth grade swarms are non-competitive. Spellers are asked to write a word on a whiteboard as a team and are simply told if they are correct or not. Word lists are provided weeks ahead of the event, so there is plenty of time to prepare. Teams are encouraged to come up with a creative name and attend the event in costume. Online registration is available at F as in Frank, B as in big, 
belmont.org slash BEE and runs from October 2nd to the 18th. This event fills up before the October 18th registration deadline, so start forming teams and register as soon as possible. Note that to register their child, parents will need the team's name and the names of all teammates. Now, here's Max. Thank you, Claire. Film screening and forum to discuss dyslexia. The Belmont Special Education Parent Advisory Board, Advisory Council, CPAC, and the Decoding Dyslexia Belmont Parents Group will host a free screening of Dyslexia, the movie, followed by a community forum on October 27th. The event will take place from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Sunday, October 27th in the assembly room of the Belmont Public Library, 336 Concord Ave, Belmont. October is Dyslexia Awareness Month. Dyslexia is a lighthearted documentary with a serious purpose. Organizers hope the screening will give viewers a better understanding of the condition itself, the problems it makes for individuals and families, and the programs that are needed to deal with it, that it will help dyslexics and their families get the assistance they need, and that it will give dyslexics and families hope, as well as a crash course in how to laugh at their own condition. The movie provides a tool for creating public awareness. It will educate the public on what dyslexia is, not a sign of stupidity, as so many believe, but of a need to learn in different ways. It will tell parents of dyslexics what they can do to ensure their, that their children are properly diagnosed and given the kind of instruction they need. Quote, Almost everyone in, in America has a dyslexic in their family, has friends and colleagues who are dyslexic, or are dyslexic themselves, says a press release from the organizers of the event. I hope that after seeing this movie, every one of them will say, now I know why Tommy can't read, and I know what to do about it. Back to you, Bob. Along with my colleagues, Claire and Max, we thank you for listening to the Talking News and hope you've enjoyed the show. We will return next week for another edition of Local News Happenings Around Belmont.